Welcome to Broken Shovel, Homesteading for a Sustainable Future. Date of release of this episode is February 13th, 2024. All of our information is current as of then. I am Lucas and joined as always by my friend and co-host Eric. Eric, how are you today? I'm I'm well. I may have to I may have to step away because I don't know if the dog is just barking at the wind or barking at something <laughs> in my driveway. Yeah. It sounds like there's a, a tractor going by or something, but I can't really tell. That was the barking was a nice addition to the to the intro song. I think I I really like that. Um, yeah, right 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 until uh, I muted it because it's because <laughs> give him a little too much. Oh well, uh, today uh, we are talking about green washing we warned people last week this might be a little heavy um and we might get a little passionate um but uh it's an important subject yes yes i will i will do my best to keep you on track but my notes notes, that i have this whole thing that like literally goes sideways as i get more and more derailed because i have five tabs of separate notes open so uh, (laughs) uh when it's usually one uh, so yeah, greenwashing. We're gonna let's define it. Uh, we don't. We, we when we get into a subject like this, it, it's important to know exactly what it is we're talking mm-hmm. about up front. Now, greenwashing uh, is a deceptive marketing practice where companies portray themselves as environmentally friendly, even if their practices don't actually align with that image. It's essentially a way to capitalize on the growing consumer demand for sustainable products without actually making substantial changes to their operation. Uh, So this means misleading information, false claims about the environmental impact, emphasizing minor sustainable aspects while ignoring major unsustainable practices, spending more on marketing and using vague or ambiguous language. Go ahead, Eric. So I have a number, my my first, my first like, uh, really? Is like like Tesla is a great example of a greenwashed company. Yes, yes, it is. They are actually the one of the number one sellers of carbon offset credits. Buyers of carbon offset. No, they sell. Sell. Oh, okay. Yes, because EVs are are EVs. They actually can sell because they're producing EVs. Not like and I, 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 it blew my mind that they actually they generate credits because they make EVs, which goes into my my second point of like another very big greenwash uh, sector is solar, wind, and batteries uh, are very much greenwashed industries because of how unsustainable and environmentally impactful mining operations are that get the, all the precious metals like lithium and cobalt for these productions. Well, and, and that word impact is important here because mm-hmm. of what greenwashing does. Uh, it, it hinders progress uh, towards environmental goals uh, mm-hmm. and it uh, creates unfair competition for companies that are true, that are truly committed to sustainability. Yes. Like there's a, a great one is the, uh, the, the, it's it's a group of companies called it's red and it's R E D D plus which is the reducing emissions from deforestation and degradation and they are okay. very much into like they're actually one of the good ones of like we are trying to prevent deforestation in places like Colombia, Peru, 
Brazil, and etc. Okay. Yeah, and I, I I've never heard of Red. Uh, uh, but I've heard about these 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 companies that advertise their uh, their intent their uh, uh, quote unquote intentions to be sustainable, and that's where it, it sort of erodes consumer trust in genuine products. Um, you know, it, with Broken Shovel, our products are actually sustainable from start to finish, uh, straight down to being compostable when they no longer have use, which is going to be. I don't know, a couple decades on most of our brooms. Um, and it's, and it, you know, Eric's very much got us locked in on the big picture here. And if you want to talk about, do you want to talk about carbon offsets for a minute? Or do you yeah, we can talk explain about how that offsets. works before we get into the history of greenwashing? Yeah. So, because, yeah, a lot of the greenwashing comes from carbon offsets because it's, like, it's this idea of companies can sell credit for, hey, we are we are a, a carbon sink. We absorb carbon, so we are selling the credits for that. So this these other companies on the other side can go, hey, we are zero emission or carbon neutral because we buy these carbon credits to offset how much we use. Um, actually, uh, one that's very big in the news right now and being talked about a lot is Taylor Swift. Right. Because Taylor Swift is, uh, uh, she averages uh, about, or last, in 2022, she used 8,293 tons of carbon just in jet use Yeah. for her jet setting. Her jet, her jet would do, her average trip is about, about two hours, a little over two hours. Yeah. Like, she had one time where she went, she used her jet to go from Memphis to Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. I've I've seen, uh, you know, like you know, with the uh, several celebrities where they take their jet for a very short trip. Um, yeah, Jay Z's notorious. Uh, the Kardashians. Uh, yeah. uh, you can just go down the list. Um, but but uh, Swift is a great is one that because she her her PR reps have come out and basically said, well, we we buy two times the amount of credits that we that we use but there's like there's just very little like forbes did an article of like oh why why taylor swift buying carbon credits are really good and it's like well yeah until you go into the fact that a lot the carbon brokers who are the ones that facilitate the buying and selling uh they found that 78 percent of the carbon brokers are actually junk companies and are actually not um, selling, they're not, the credits they're selling aren't actually worth the credit. Mm. And, you know, when we talk about this carbon credit, what, what would be done with a carbon credit? Uh, like, it's basically like, hey, I have an acre of land that, that can, that is just straight forest, which is where that red company comes in is because they are, they're ones that very much pushes the, like, the forest credits and self saving the forest to help offset our carbon usage. Right. Um, but they're, uh, they, they, they're, they're finding that a lot of the projects are, are, were oversold by about three times. So there's a project in Indonesia, the catalytic cat again, Montiaga project uh, in Indonesia and others uh, oversold how much they're actually going to offset by three times. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, and, and this is a lot of information. We're already, we're, we're not even 10 minutes into this episode and we are, uh, we're learning a lot. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk briefly about the history uh, of, of greenwashing. Yes. And then uh, we can talk a little bit more um, about where it is, how it is, why it is. Um, so, uh, so greenwashing very much runs parallel to the environmental movement starting in the sixties and seventies, you know, uh, companies started using green imagery. And, and if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, uh, finger quotes, uh, but, uh, (laughs) so, uh, companies started using this green imagery because consumer, environmental concerns were becoming were coming to the forefront of the conversation uh and uh, and they started using these slogans to market themselves even without doing anything uh and it was called it, it, the, I, I love the the original name for greenwashing do you know this one no eco pornography <laughs> nice uh, when I came across eco-pornography I, I just I, I couldn't stop laughing um, so yeah so the, so coining the actual term after that because eco-pornography wasn't really catching on I guess uh, so that you know what we just talked about was the 60s and 70s now in the 80s um, in 1986 environmentalist Jay Westerveld coined the term greenwashing criticizing hotels promoting towel reuse for cost savings while ignoring larger sustainability issues. Uh, And then companies like Chevron launched greenwashed campaigns uh, despite ongoing environmental violations, uh, highlighting the disconnect between marketing and practice. Chevron came up a number of times in my carbon offset stuff of, because they they found like one of the major projects Chevron funded was uh, salvaging the Peruvian rainforest. And that was another one of the projects where they found yeah. that they were overselling how much carbon the yes. Peruvian rainforest could use or basically uh, in, to take in. And then they also found that they weren't actually saving the, fo- the land, that the land ended up getting, getting chopped down and used for <laughs> palm oil or cattle and others anyways even though chevron said hey we're saving the rainforest then they actually went down to peru and said oh no you're not (laughs) well and 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 i want you to remember that the cattle there that's going to come back up later um because mcdonald's is is just terrible about this stuff um but uh so now i called this peak greenwashing when eric and i were going over the show uh earlier and you know he Eric pointed out that it is peak, but it's also plateau. Uh, so we're going to keep that in mind. Uh, so uh, Earth Day 1990 was a huge surge in greenwashing as companies capitalized on consumer interest in sustainability. Um I mean, I was there. I was a teenager at the time, and and I I was part of the recycling club and all of this stuff in my high school. Oh, I mean, I can remember the '90s having uh, like the Green Up Day in the '90s. In like, the, it was actually like a uh, practically a celebration in the town, um, and everybody really came together. Like the entire school would go out on that Friday before 
and just like in just they'd hit like within a couple mi- like one or two miles because we didn't want to go too far and hit too many of like the main roadways but like yeah we'd go out about two miles from the school and just pick up everything and then we'd actually um a local artist slash like some of the people on the uh conservation and green up committees in town came in and built like these uh sculptures slash they create art exhibits of like everything that we picked up oh cool yeah i remember there even being like television specials uh uh for earth day uh i i have a very specific memory of chevy chase being on one of these specials and saying save water shower with a friend uh which (laughs) i've always appreciated um now uh so at the same time in in the 90s uh the industries were getting called out this was the first time they were sort of being really being called out on greenwashing and they created self-regulating uh initiatives like responsible care uh which began to raise even more uh questions about their effectiveness uh and, and environmental concerns and, and a lot of those those their, their promotions and like these these messages they put out of like things that a lot of them t- boil down to things that us as individuals can do, but ignoring the fact that it's, uh, what is it, 80% of all emissions are by corporations and companies? Yep. Yeah, and we, we touched on this in a couple of different episodes, on, on like our recycling episode, mm-hmm. um, our, our garden tools episode, uh, things like that. Um, and where we, you know, I, I felt this like tremendous responsibility in the late nineties, early two thousands, because I was, I was being told by every piece of media that I consumed that I, I was responsible for saving the planet. I mean, it was a taught as part of the curriculum in school. Yeah. I remember those little, like, remember those scholastic uh, workbooks they'd give you where they'd like, you'd get information and then you have to answer a couple questions about it at the back. We yeah. we'd get those, but it'd be on like recycling and green programs and stuff like right. it was literally taught, baked into the curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. And probably set in there by lobbyists from BP. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so. I mean, I mentioned so- Scholastic being a pro- company, which is very much a, they are a paper consumer and paper is a very not carbon neutral product. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that sort of kicks us into the 2000s because that's where this the the skepticism towards green, greenwashing continued to increase, mm-hmm. um, and it was mostly fueled by investigative uh, journalism. Yeah, um, and then regulation bodies and consumer protection agencies started establishing guidelines and taking action against misleading claims. And uh, gosh, hopefully someday we see this for organic produce, um, sustainability certifications. And independent verification gained importance. Yeah. So no, I want to like quickly st- like on the organic is that organic. If you if you see the organic label, the company that has that paid for that. Yeah, they don't actually have to do anything to prove that. No, they just can, they, they can pay to be organic certified by the USDA and that actually is a meaningless they paid for that but that that does not take away from people who take it very 
you know, take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, there are, you know, I have a, a, an orchard, uh, and cider mill that's up the road from me and they take it very seriously when they, when they took from our orchard, they went and had everything tested and, and, you know, you know, properly certified organic. So my, my lower orchard is certified organic, uh, and, um, you know, my new orchard is not certified, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it, it is. Um, so we can look ahead or we can look at how, and I hate to do this because we talk about what we, what we went through growing up, but how to spot greenwashing and how that sort of shifts to our responsibility and us having to do work, uh, the, the, the sort of important part of it. Um, so do you want to go big or do you want to stay with the consumer? Uh, let's stay with the consumer. Okay. Cause a lot of my big stuff end up, it does come down to the, the consumer. Cause a lot of these companies are sitting there and saying that, Hey, our product is green, but like the video you shared with me last, the TikTok yesterday <laughs> yes. of like, so cotton, cotton's a great example of like, you see these labels of like better sustainable cotton, um, and this actually goes back to our recycling episode a little bit of like where you find out you read it like, oh, yeah, X is recycled, but it's not really recycled. It's actually just it's not. It's like it's yeah. they, they buy it in these these bulk where maybe a certain percentage of it is recycled, but it's in a pile of products. So it's like maybe one percent of it's recycled, but. 99% of it was a, was came from a bulk cotton farm. Yeah, and and you know when it's like recycled it's it's uh it either ultimately ends up in a landfill or it's decycled to the point where you can't use it anymore. Uh, uh go back and listen the to paper. the recycling. Yeah. Yeah, go back and listen to the recycling episode. Uh, yes. because there's a lot a lot of correlating information to this. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm going to kind of go through this list and we can talk about them as much as we want. Um so uh, being skeptical, skeptical of vague claims. OK, so terms like eco-friendly, natural, sustainable uh, and energy star. Right. Ask com you, you have to ask compared to what this is a basic, uh, uh, you know, uh, way of thinking. Ask why. Ask yeah. how. So I want to quickly. Yeah. So going on like the energy star rating. Energy Star yes. is just like organic. That is a paid for yes. thing. And imports. We cannot get appliances from Japan who have proven more efficient uh, appliances, but we can't get them over here because these Japanese companies do not want to pay for the Energy Star rating because the Energy Star rating is a junk rating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that sort of leads to the next one, looking for specifics, uh, checking for data certifications and third party verification, uh, is big where claims are made, uh, mm -hmm. reputable certifications, uh, like FSC for wood or, um, uh, LEED, uh, for, for concrete and buildings. Yeah, I, I find, uh, consumer reports while some of it is a pay, paid for research, they are very good and relatively unbiased in their reporting on like how 
how green uh, certain products are compared, like compared, it's basically just consumer report. It's just a big, big comparison of different, these different products. Well, and, and the main problem with I have with consumer reports is that a significant amount of that information is behind what would be, essentially be considered a paywall. Again, you, yes, it absolutely is. My I, I my mom pays for a subscription, so, so you, able, yeah. I, I get I just get I can get it I get yeah. the, I get the information but yeah it is a lot of it is all behind paywalls of like hey pay for our monthly subscription so you can find out which yeah. one of these out of all these ten washers which one's the most ac- actually the most efficient right um, comparing like for like you know you, it's uh, if you pick up two dish soaps in in the aisle and start comparing what they say and what the packaging is like and what, um, you know, uh, the list of ingredients is if they actually provide it, (laughs) um, compare like for like, and I I don't know about you, but I get into the grocery store. I want to get out of there as quickly as possible. So this is, you know, I have to, I have to force a different behavior on myself to compare two products or three products. I do the same. I, I actually have, I've already fi- I figured out a lot of the brands that I, I I've I've done my time of doing that of standing in the aisle looking at the different ingredients of because I did a time where um, I really was pushing to reduce the high fructose corn syrup usage. Yes. Which you know it's actually really hard to buy that doesn't that doesn't have high fructose corn syrup. Bread. Bread. It's amazingly difficult. I really got to give you my bread recipe. Our bread recipe. It's a no need. Super easy to bake. And, and everything else. I think you need to get your oven fixed, though. So. I do. I have I have work to get done on my oven. I'm actually gonna like my my the oven itself works well. I've got to get like I'm currently in the debate of of I'm I'm researching stoves because I I want to get I'm debating if I want to get a new stove or if I want to keep nursing my current stove along. Right. Well, it's, and that's a hard conversation, and, and it came up in like last week's episode about your coffee maker. Like, do yep. do you, you know, do you get a new one because it's going to last longer? Do you go to uh, uh, like a Salvation Army or the Listen Center here locally and get a used one that's going to break? And you then go you're to a repair right... clinic and get the part and replace the part. And... Right, and in your case, it was significantly difficult. Um, but yeah, cause uh, I had to un- I'd have to unsolder the heating outs, but yeah, listen to last no, week's episode so, talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, kind of the last one, you know, because the rest is like utilizing reds resources, spread awareness, all that stuff. But, um, greenwashing by association is, is a nice tricky little way that, that, um, manufacturers and product producers, uh, uh, get us. Okay. So, and I'll talk about Don dish soap at, at a certain point, but this is a really good example. Um, uh, just because a product features a picture of a forest doesn't guarantee its commitment to sustainability, right? <laughs> like investigate that specific product and company's practices. Yeah. And, and I mentioned Don dish soap as, a huge offender. They have uh, uh, on their packaging that cute little ducky uh, duckling uh, on on there, and they talk all about how they uh, the the product truthfully is good at cleaning up oil spills for, uh, uh, off of wildlife. Astro. And, and mm-hmm. yes, and it is true. But 
uh, Dawn itself is a petroleum-based product. Which is what and, makes it so good at getting through and going through oil in Greece. Yes. And, the, you know, uh, 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 their parent company, uh, Procter & Gamble, engages in animal testing. So they've got that cute duckling on, on, the, on the bottle of dish, dish soap. But behind that label, there's a whole lot more happening that uh, we are not entitled, you know, that we are entitled to know and see. But it's so much easier when you're advertised to. And, and, and it's not, the, I mean, not just the advertising. Like, have you, I mean, have you tried buying that, those, what is it, the seven days, like, brand stuff? I mean, it's it's good product, but when I'm on a budget... I can't afford eight ninety nine for the little bottle of the the the, the organic friendly uh, local store whatever uh, dish soap. I gotta buy the cheaper stuff because I'm on a budget. And yeah, the Dawn is cheaper. Yeah, well, and, and that's something I'd love to talk to you about in, in the future because um, you know how we use our products is a problem. You don't need as much dish soap as you see them doing in a commercial you need it just a couple of drops and we do buy the seven days we we and you you know that we are on a budget yep but we when we get it home we dilute it by half mm. because you don't need as much soap as you think you do so we right. we actually transfer it into a pump where we dilute it by half uh, so it's with water because it's, it's just as good thinned, um, and you know, it makes it more affordable that way, but you have to be able to take the bite out of that initial purchase, right? Like you have to right. say like, okay, this week it's going to cost me almost $10 to buy some dish soap, but down the line that, that saving starts to transfer, uh, into longer use of the product. Yes, yeah, I'm even worse because I, I buy the big one at BJ's at a discount even more <laughs> to make it stretch for myself even more. Yeah, I, it's, just, it's something to consider. It, it's, yeah. it, it is a thin line to walk. Um, but yeah, we, we buy the seven days. Uh, we do the same thing with our dish soap. Uh, and that is sort of predicated on having an empty bottle to do it into, which yep. means you've had to take even more of a bite. You know, it's just, it's, it's hard to engage in these practices. Mm -hmm. And and that's why we wanted to talk about greenwashing. Yep. So, um, yeah, we can talk about Volkswagen. Uh, oh, yeah, Volkswagen. Yeah, because well, yeah, we already because uh, we can talk about let's talk about Volkswagen and Tesla, who, who on paper and in the media are held at very different ends of the spectrum for uh, a greenwash company or green companies. Yes, I mean the scandal around Volkswagen was big. It was it was egregious what they did. It was illegal what they did. Uh, it was um, extremely irresponsible what they did. Uh, um, still, I mean, there is entire massive lots out in California filled build. with these, these cars. That nothing can be done with them. Right. So, uh, a little background on what we're talking about. If you're, if you, if you were, uh, if you had your head under a rock uh, between 2009 and 2015, Volkswagen installed software, uh, basically a defeat device, in millions of diesel cars that allowed them to cheat on emissions tests. 
Uh, and during testing, the cars activated full pollution controls, appearing clean. While on the road, those controls were relaxed, uh, increasing harmful nitrogen oxide emissions. Uh, the uh, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, exposed the scheme in 2015. 11 million vehicles worldwide were affected. Uh, they got hit with fines, lawsuits, buyback programs. It cost tens of billions of dollars, uh, and not just to Volkswagen, to uh, many, many other ancillary industries. Um, CEO uh, resigned. Uh, several executives faced criminal charges. Uh, greatly damaged uh, Volkswagen's reputation. Um, and they shifted to invest heavily in electric vehicles uh, at that point, Um Stricter emission standards and testing procedures were implemented, uh, and it basically it raised awareness around corporate accountability and environmental responsibility. But uh, like so many of us are subject to, we've all sort of forgotten. I was reminded of it when I was looking into things for this episode. I went, oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that garbage that Volkswagen did, uh, you know, over the 10 to 15 years ago. So it's, it, showed up, it, it showed up in my research as, as well. It's uh, it's <laughs> gross, and Tesla is. Uh, I think you 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 know more about this than I do, but yes, Tesla, I, Tesla Tesla's opposite end of the spectrum, where they are they are such a carbon or a green company on paper and in the media and and is how they tout themselves because they are. Because they, the way, this all goes back to the the, my, the carbon offset programs and whatnot. Um, so the way the carbon offs, the carbon credits are regulated right now and defined, because Tesla makes EVs, they generate credits that they are able to sell in the EV or in the uh, carbon offset marketplace. Um, and I didn't. Go, I, I really didn't want to because I knew I was going to get angry and probably spend more time <laughs> on it. Uh, I didn't get too deep into um, how unsustainable and how non-environmental friendly EVs and Tesla specifically are, because I knew that rabbit hole was very deep. And that is a very deep rabbit hole, and we can we can pocket that for a later date. Yes, um, but there's but the big there... thing is is like they they um. The metals and other stuff in the lithium and et cetera that are used in the batteries and the frame and the manufacturing go back to my earlier comment on the whole mining stuff of mining is extremely bad for the environment. It is extremely impactful and we are basically uh, Tesla gets to ignore the environmental impact of all the mining that goes into what is needed for their vehicles. Because they make these make they make green vehicles that aren't really green, right. uh, that because but they get and they get to sell credits because they make EVs and it's like wait wait this like this yeah I think they made one point five billion la last year on their e are their green credits. It's a it's a scam. <laughs> It's what it the, currently the is a scam. It's a huge scam right now. 
The entire consumer market is riddled with scams, and Tesla's got a good one going, I guess. Yep. Um, it's, it's, it is depressing. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I found is, like, I, I, we, we always come back to the global south, is a lot of the greenwashing and the carbon credit programs are um, they're dependent on the global south. Like, yes. like the, um, the red program uh, depends on the global south of being able to funnel money into the global south to basically tell farmers and landowners and indigenous people don't cut down trees. They said they need $15 billion to stop deforestation. But what it really boils down to is convincing capitalists, hey, we're going to hand you enough money that it's not cost that it doesn't you don't lose money on on def or you're not it's no longer cheap for you to deforest in the rainforest but in the yeah yeah it's it's an extremely complicated issue mm-hmm. uh, with then, unfortunately like, no real easy answer no there's no and like another one is like Zimbabwe is a country Zimbabwe and Kenya both have been sold as countries that are on the forefront of, of these carbon credit programs. Uh, but then the, both these countries have come out and said, like Zimbabwe this has said, our state does not benefit from the projects in our country whatsoever. And then Kenya came out and said that actually has harmed the indigenous people's way of life. Wow. Uh, oh, which is another reason you need to watch that show I was telling you about last night. Oh, There's a lot okay. of that uh, taking place in Alaska as well. Um, well, greenwashing. Yeah. Um, I really, I'm at a loss of words because it is such a huge t- part of the tapestry of our daily lives that a lot of people don't see it anymore. And, you know, like I said, I was at the grocery store yesterday and, you know, in every aisle I was thinking about this and and just trying to to reconcile my own life against it. And it was it's very difficult. It was it was a real, you know, come to Jeebus moment for me. Like, what am I doing? Am I doing enough? That kind of thing. And that that might be some of that lingering guilt out of the 90s uh, that was programmed into us at school. Uh, but it might also just be me sort of waking up to it, to it again and, and having yeah. to, to, to repeat that process. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just want to circle back right onto the, the celebrity greenwashing. Yes. Because celebrities very much are, are on the forefront of selling us these products slash lifestyles and et cetera, that are quote unquote green. Um, but so the average person Will will you will use about seven tons of carbon or have seven tons of emissions in their in their life, uh, or in a or that's in a year, in a year they'll have about seven tons of emissions. Uh, the average celebrity has three thousand three hundred and seventy six tons of carbon emissions based on their life for, for their, to maintain their lifestyle. And then I can go back to Taylor Swift. Just Taylor Swift's jet usage last year 
was 8,293 tons. But then these, like Taylor Swift's PR reps are doing, they're greenwashing us because they're like, well, it doesn't matter because we bought these carbon credits to offset it. Right. And then, you know, then you take into the uh, the volume of emissions at a concert just from the concert goers coming, that yeah, kind of thing. Concert, not even including the travel, the all the equipment, because a lot of these concerts, they don't reuse the sound equipment and other stuff. They they just get rid of it. And yeah, maybe they'll they'll resell it to to like smaller venues or smaller bands. But like, yeah, every every show that like or every tour Taylor does or in every country she's goes to, she's likely buying all new sound equipment, soundboards, speakers, stage setup, and all of that stuff. Yeah, I saw something I about like this the Super Bowl this today. Uh, there's like something like 164 cameras. They aren't going to store those for next year. Those those are going to you know go. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're going to sell them, but uh, I know. I have heard tale from people that have worked with Google and YouTube and they have, they are literally being paid to just store old products uh, or old projects, I should say, not products, but, but a little bit of both with those companies. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's just, it's there. It's, and it just disappears into the, into the ether and we don't really think about where it goes. Uh, um, we, 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 we did talk about where a lot of it goes. A lot of it ends yeah. up in the global South. <laughs> yes. I, I guess I'm meaning uh, we don't actively talk about no, where it goes. No, we don't actively talk about what happens to all the waste and like, not just like the, like, just like the amount of how many celebrities, how many of the players, how many of the, the uh, individuals going to the game bought plane tickets to go there or use their private jet to get to Vegas and such. We'll see the graphics tomorrow. We'll see those. We'll see those. Uh, they do this for all of these major events where you, they show how many jets will leave Las Vegas immediately after the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, I also want to talk, but I want to quickly talk about this week's, this week's um, news back in the news again is the kid who uh, posts the jet usage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is actually, he's getting the data from the FAA. Yeah. Like, this is publicly available information. He is just putting it on graphs and charts that are eyeball-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, and he has earned the ire of... Well, Taylor Swift has now said that she's yep. going to be suing him. Uh, Elon came out and said, hey, Taylor, good on you for suing this guy. He is a, uh, what is it, a predator on our community. Yeah, a community of, of elites that, Elite. uh, yes, exactly. that, that follow a, a different set of rules. Contributing to the harassment. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Hey, boy, you know. Whoever's still here, thanks for sticking with us on this one. We are, this is this is who we are privately most of the time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but guess what? What else we are privately? Uh, we are uh, we are gardeners and homesteaders, and uh, very uh, excited that spring is is sort of starting to creep up and tease us that it's coming. Um, still and can't next Memorial Day. I know, I know. I, I've, we can argue about that next week when we are talking about the uh, uh, growing zone changes that were implemented this year, and uh, how they, the, you know, areas where 
that took a much heavier hit than us uh, as far as changing uh, uh, of how you can plant. And then, of course, talk about planting our own gardens and what we're doing on our own land. Uh, you know, because we're it's not just gardens with us; it's trees and and things like that. So, yep. uh, next week, February twentieth. Uh, you like that, Eric? Huh? I added another date. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I added seven to the release. <laughs> um, we'll be talking about garden planning and zone changes. Uh, what have you been up at home? What's been going on at home? I mean, flipping through catalogs like us. Yeah, flipping through catalogs. I mean, I'm still debating the ethics of buying from Baker's Creek. That's a tough one. Um, you know, we're not exactly investigative journalists, but I, I, you know, I looked into it and uh, they at the very least have been effectively hiding whatever it is they've done or are doing. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's I found it was like when my, in my research, it was just one of the owners that was the quote unquote yeah. problem. And like, yeah. and they're actually like, it's an example of greenwashing. They're they're set, they they tout themselves as being this great company that has all these heirloom seeds, uh, ignoring how they're getting some of these heirloom seeds. Yes, yeah, and you know it's one of those things at, when you're when you're investing in your own property and if you can get your hands on heirloom seeds it reduces future investments um and i don't know about you but the last two years i've had bad germination rates with uh high mowing um and uh it's you know it's it is fraught with decision making uh you know at, at much like greenwashing it like eric said it's just it's one of those things where it's like oh shit i know yeah. too much <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I mean, besides that, there's not a lot going on. I mean, it's we have um, our false, uh, what is it, prefer, first mud season this week. Yeah, yeah. That and then, was, and it's gonna get, and then it, the next, and then next week it's going to get cold again. So it's like this yeah. is literally like this is first mud season. Like everybody's all like up in arms. Oh, it's so great! Spring is coming. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not. This is this is first mud season. Yeah, this is first fall spring. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not we'll even barely that. Th- three fall springs. Yeah, three fall springs, <laughs> at least one Indian summer. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's uh it's gonna be a long cold run through the rest of February, I believe. Um but uh you know, there's that groundhog suggested that uh, we are actually going to get an early spring. So, if the if the rodent knows anything, we'll find out. Yep. Um, gosh, what I mean, we've been uh, kind of just maintaining, uh, making brooms. We're uh, we're we've been more. You know, I spent the last couple of days learning more about dyeing fabrics for Meg uh, uh, to step in and take over certain parts of that. Uh, and uh, uh, we built a uh, storm door out of some lumber we had left over for a project. Uh, yes, which it looks very, I, I say it looks really good. Very blue. Very blue. Yeah. And uh, I think it looks uh, I think it looks great. And it's it, it cuts a little bit of light out. But when the wind whips up here, uh, it's it's going to be nice to have something a little more solid than nothing. Uh, and <laughs> try to keep ourselves warm. Speaking of keeping ourselves warm. Uh, have you noticed a reduction in wind this year? Like, I, 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 somebody brought it up to me yesterday when I was out uh, and we were chatting I mean, about I'm things. on a sheltered side. So- I yeah. honestly think 
the where I the places I frequent, I have noticed no real difference in less and or more wind. Like, yeah. I, like when I'm down at the shop, I do notice. I've been noticing more wind down at the shop, but I've been de- definitely. A maybe less, maybe a little less wind, but it's like not something like that I really measure or pay attention to. Because if it's yeah. windy, if it's windy, it's probably cold, and I don't want to be out that. Cause then I'm <laughs> well, I went and looked at some of my sensor data, and uh, I am like five miles per hour below average than I was at the same time last year for for average wind this month, um, or last month, sorry, uh, January. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's mostly just getting ready for the garden. I got my new Hori Hori, uh, which I I looked yeah. up. Japanese, the word Hori Hori. Uh, it's Japanese for to dig. To dig, nice. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna hunt down some Girl Scouts today, which is something. Something that else is a there. very creepy way of saying. Could you rephrase that sentence for us? No, because I have to. Like, it's, it's like I annoy. It sounds like a. Like, 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 at work, I'll sit there and say, like, I, I, I'm leaving because I have to go pick up a kid. That's yeah. it. Just leave, it like, leave it as that. I have to go pick up a kid. Yeah. It's like saying, I'm going to the bathroom. Do you need anything? Yes, exactly. Uh... Yes. <laughs> yes. But no, I, I am, I am, I, I, I actually, I know where, the, I don't really have to hunt. I know where the Girl Scouts are going to be, but I'm going to go get some very, very, very unsustainable cookies. Yes, very, very. You know, you're going to get yourself a lot of palm oil there. I am. I am. Uh, so good. They're yeah. so good. And there's nothing else, nothing else though that I can buy in America that just has that child labor baked right into it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we're, we're environmentalists. We are. <laughs> we really are. We really. I, I am not for the exploitation of children, except for the Girl Scouts, because those cookies are delicious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, got child labor laws. I don't want to talk about that. All right, well, we'll we do a whole episode on that stuff because I mean, oh. ooh, like, did you hear about the sixteen-year-old? The sixteen-year-old down yes. south. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's it's too much. It's too much for this show. We can you know, talk I about. You know, I find it ironic that 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 little thing of like that small roofing company was fined at a much higher 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 than the meat. Or was it all the were the kids? Food. Yeah, the kids with the lost fingers. Yeah, or the fast. Yeah, the fast food joints that they found a whole chain was hiring them had a lower fine than this. Like, so it just goes to show that there is different laws again for the big companies and for the little companies. And, and you know, that's, yeah, greenwashing. Um, greenwashing. Well, I look forward to next week, Eric, uh, yes. talking about gardens and planting and growing. I have to I have to pull up my, my tree order. I haven't looked at it in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to like get all excited about my tree order again. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, Broken Shovel, Homesteading for Sustainable Future, available wherever you get podcasts. Broken Shovel, 802.com. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to look at sustainable brooms and coming soon aprons and linens, uh, uh, all handmade by Meg and I, uh, gosh, I just can't wait for spring. I've been in all sorts of meetings about farmers markets and talking to people about it and, you know, just getting excited about getting out and standing behind a six foot table again. It's, it's the highlight of my year. Yeah. Uh, your, 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 your crash in another week when winter comes back is just going to be, Oh, yeah. 
it's 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 what happens with a lot of us is we get like this this little bit of warm weather we get all excited and gung ho and then it's like and then it gets cold again and we're reminded that like oh no it's really eight more weeks to go like you know no, no, no. I, I've been talking about this uh, uh, for this show for a while but talking about dealing with winter in a place like this and and ways you know because I I suffer from depression on on my own and then to add. Uh, you know, the, the lack of sunlight and things like that gets really difficult. It gets really difficult for a lot of people. And I think it might be worth doing a short episode on, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you really, know, ways to to deal with it, how I deal with it, uh, how if, if if it's a concern of yours, it's it is hard. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's worth talking about uh, in relation to homesteading, because, yes. you know, we're not all in Arizona or or you know the Texans the or Texas Florida. or anything like that where you do get a reduction of sunlight but it's it's not as as intense as it is here and no. I want to actually like, that that reminds me of a stupid thing I saw online of in the so I, I this the the Shiba subreddit is one of the best subreddits I'm not familiar with it so Shiba Inu the dog the Shibas okay so the the subreddit's the best cuz it's one of those like anytime somebody asks a question like hey my sheep is doing this. Is this normal? And literally the comments end up being just people posting pictures of their Sheba's doing that exact thing that was asked about. But digressing is like, it, it just you, you taught me mentioning Florida and everything made me think of the person who bought a full fur vest with hood for their Sheba in Florida. Cause they said, it's getting a little chilly. It's, it's gonna. Be, it's been in the forties, <laughs> and it's just like, like Sheba's naturally are cold weather dogs. Yeah, like they like the cold, and the fact that this person put their Sheba in Florida in a winter coat and it was just like, but it's cold on this little paws. Like no, no, like you're you're giving your poor dog a heat stroke. Stop it, please. I saw I saw something. Um... And I'll hit. I'll I'll stop recording at some point because it's, it's got to be somebody still listening, though, right? Um, the somebody got the in Canada. Somebody got the cops called on them uh, because their dog was out in the snow for over an hour in their backyard, like playing. It was a Pomeranian Husky mix. And, oh my god, that's like double. That's double. Yeah. Double winter dog. <laughs> right. And double energy. And these dogs need that exercise and they love that exercise. And even if it's out there just running around by itself, that for a dog's health, it needs to be outside and doing things. It's, it's... I had I had an old boss that had a, Pomer- a, a, a Pomeranian and like in the winter time, we she just she'd bring it to the to the it was at the pizza place. She'd bring it to the pizza place, but just put it on a run outside, and like you'd go out in a snowstorm, and the dog was out there, and you'd have to call for it, and all of a sudden you see like a mound of snow, <laughs> and the dog would just kind of get up and be like, "What do you want? I'm sleeping." Yeah. Well, and the cops showed up at this guy's house and he like just took him out back and the cops just started laughing. They were like, well, this, whoever called is an idiot. Yes. Uh, so, you know, but uh, I think that's the show today. What do you say, Eric? I think so. All right. So. Hey, this is a longer one. A little almost yeah. an hour. Nice. Nice. Also, <laughs> I also found.